0: It's fun, isn't it? (laughs) We have a great tech team. (sighs) Yes, well, it was going to be the perfect Christmas. Uh, Happy, my husband and I had just completed a quadruple batch of my mom's famous Christmas cookie sugar dough. And it is our family's favorite. But it was in such a large container, it wouldn't fit in the refrigerator. So it has to be chilled. We covered it with wax paper and put it out on the screened-in porch. Then I came back in and I was finishing Christmas decorations. The focal point in our family is off in the fireplace because it's there that we hang the stockings. And this year I hung stocking number 29 and it said, baby, just in case there were gonna be any announcements, okay? (laughs) And so, yeah, then there's the garland and the lights. It looks beautiful, it's perfect, right? So, okay, now I head back out to the porch. I'm going to retrieve the dough, get ready to, to roll it. And much to my horror, standing over my bowl of quadruple batch of dough is a bushy-tailed rat, a.k.a. squirrel. And he's just helping himself. He's just eating away. I mean, between being furious and scared, (laughs) like I got rid of him, I grabbed the dough, I ran inside, and I just burst into tears. I'm like, so much for perfection. 12 cups of of flour, you know, four to five cups of sugar, eight eggs, you know, two pounds of butter. I was like, what am I going to do? Well, about that time, I hear a scratching noise. It was kind of a weird noise. I looked outside. I didn't see it, but then I looked around the room. No, and I kept kept hearing it, kept hearing it. Well, I finally discerned it was over by the fireplace. So I walk over to the fireplace, and our fireplace has these glass doors, and they were partially opened. And as I approached, I went, no. (laughs) There in the door, staring out at me, teeth bared, claws against the door, is a... You got it, squirrel. Now, I'm not saying it's the same one. (laughs) I so wanted to light a fire. (laughs) Anyway, I slammed the door shut, and it was a horrible mess. I'm not gonna bore you with the details. One Cam Strang came to the rescue. He rescued the squirrel, and he rescued our Christmas, so to speak, but so much for a perfect Christmas. (laughs) And uh, for those of you who are wondering, well, what did you do with a dough? Do you promise not to judge me? Okay. Well, I scraped it off. (laughs) I used it. I didn't tell my family, but that was two years ago, and so far, no one has died. (laughs) Oh. You know, don't we all have crazy Christmas stories? I mean, they're rarely like the pictures, right? Or rarely like, you know, what our graphic is here. That's a takeoff, if you didn't know, from the original It's a Wonderful Life cover of the movie. Yeah, you know, the perfect Christmas. No, our movie, our, our movie, our Christmas was more like Have you seen National Lampoon's uh, Family Christmas? Oh, my Christmas vacation. And it's quite squirrely, if you recall, (laughs) so (laughs) eerily resembled. Oh, well, this Christmas with all of the unsettledness, it promises to have its share of imperfections, which is why we thought, why not call this preaching series, The Perfect Christmas? But we're putting it in quotes, God's perfect Christmas, because his first Christmas was actually very imperfect in every way. But our perfect God took on flesh, took on all the mess, the violence, the hardships, lots of imperfection, and you see, it was yet perfect as far as God is concerned because God doesn't look like at perfect the way we do. Even biblically, the word isn't the way, like we live in a performance-oriented, you know, perfection culture, gotta have all the details worked out. I'm, okay, this is a small diversion when happy and i first planted our church we had a building over in the corner of lincoln and oregon in urbana and at the front of the church a huge sign that said be ye perfect even as your father in heaven is perfect now i admit it's scripture but it created a horrible culture of like striving and competition and praise god he set us free from all that all that just to say god's idea of perfect is so different from ours you see He doesn't mind our imperfections, our weaknesses. Why? Because if we didn't have him, we wouldn't need him. Right? So we have a perfect Savior, a perfect Redeemer, who works his perfection in us. It's his birthday that we celebrate this Christmas. I'm going to invite his Holy Spirit to teach us how he views a perfect Christmas. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can laugh. And I, I think you laugh sometimes at the things we stress about, that we fuss over. Lord, teach us your way. You are such an amazing redeemer, a perfect redeemer. And as we look today at what your word has to teach us about a very familiar story, I pray you open our hearts and minds and speak your truth and your freedom and your perfection into us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, my message today is called God's Perfect Timing. And I've just got to say, it always seems to me like God is late. And I don't know about you, but his timetable is rarely the same as mine. And yet, when we look at the Christmas story, and we look at God's perfect timing, and he says it is the perfect timing, what... I go, what? How can that be, God? Now, I know a lot of you men aren't going to get this, but she was nine months pregnant, okay? And the decree goes out that they have to go, the taxation census traveled from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That's about 70 miles. And it's not an interstate with paved roads. And I, I've been to Israel. The terrain is rough. It's up and down. It's actually a very dangerous time even in history. The weather, that time of year, was bone-chilling, damp. To me, not at all the perfect time. But more than that, again, was the state of poor Mary, nine months pregnant. Women, any of you who've been nine months pregnant, you know we can barely stand to ride in a car for an hour, let alone a donkey for a week, right? I mean, it would have been a week. Okay, so they get to Bethlehem, Right? It's God's timing, his perfect timing, except there's no place to stay. There's no place at all except w- what we think is some sort of crude cave, stable-like area filled with critters, obviously dirty, dark, damp. And yet, what does the scripture tell us? Oh, at that time, she goes into labor, which <laughs> I know, men, it's hard, or women who haven't been through birth, that's no picnic. And now you're in some dirty barn getting ready to give birth with only your husband and your first-time mother. Like, she's probably only 15 years old, Mary was. Luke, uh, one of the gospel writers, he records it this way. A very familiar scripture, Luke chapter 2, he says, verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. Obviously, a man recorded this. I mean, the details that were left out. Her time came. She's in full-blown labor. Yeah, She brought forth her firstborn son. No, it was messy and bloody and ugly, and she grunted and panted and screamed. He was a human. All God, but all man. And only her husband, as far as we know. And then she wrapped him in little cloths, you know, and laid him in a brand new crib. No, brand new manger. Clearly, God's timing is anything but perfect, right? (laughs) To our reading, his timing has been a mystery to me at many times, no pun intended. I have prayed and waited, prayed again, waited, waited, prayed, waited. <laughs> and then someone has the audacity to put their arm around me. They know, die, God's timing is perfect, and I just want to punch them. <laughs> and I know I've said the same thing, so I, but it's true. And again, God's idea of perfect doesn't mean every detail worked out, every circumstance hunky-dory. It means the right time. The full time the the time the perfect time in God's eyes I've often chafed at waiting which is why I want to concentrate today in sharing with you some of the most powerful lessons I've learned about waiting you know it's one thing to say God's timing is perfect <laughs> and then like okay No, he is a God of patience. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit, actually. (laughs) And I've often failed there. I have. I've been a very, I am a very impatient person. I am. I used to blame happy because early on in our marriage, every time we would go to a restaurant or, you know, we were at a store, and say the hostess would say, well, it'll be about a five to ten minute wait. He goes, nope, nope. You know, or we're, put, we're checking out groceries, you know? And, and he's like, I'm not going in that line. Of course, we always chose the wrong one. But he was so impatient. And then I said, I don't get it. He goes, you've never been in the army. I'm like, oh, apparently if you've been in the army, you know it's just one wait after another, after another, after another. But I actually can't blame him anymore. I'm just as impatient and have been. And uh, together we're two impatient people. Now, I've often said, wait is a four-letter word. (laughs) What are you waiting on? Most of us are waiting on something. Some of it's, you know, given the year we've had, we're waiting for COVID to be over. We're waiting for the election to be settled You know, we're waiting for life to get back to some sort of normalcy. We're waiting for school to start, for businesses to open. But some of us are waiting for promises that we've had for years, whether it's for a healing, or maybe if you're single, you're waiting for a spouse, or maybe you're waiting for family reconciliation. We're all waiting. We're waiting for something. And today, I hope, to encourage you not to waste the wait, but to embrace it in a way that will change you. I've learned that it's changed me. I don't always cooperate. Don't waste the wait. Before I talk more specifically about that and the very difficult lessons God has taught me about waiting, I want to settle something. And I'm not going to take a lot of time, but we need to settle it. God's timing is perfect. Again, don't don't hear all the ducks in a row. Just hear God's timing is right. Yeah, because when I say the word perfect, I know we immediately think nice, clean, neat. No. He actually knows infinitely better than we do. Trust me, he does. I've discovered... And almost 50 years of following him and I'm sorry I've had to learn this lesson over and over and over and even again recently over and over God's timing is best God's timing is right and I can look back over my shoulder and go yes God oh now I see I'm sorry I wasted the weight you know I'm sorry I was so impatient or complaining or, or chafing or what, whatever it is we do when we're waiting, right? Or even shaking our fist, maybe. No, his timing is perfect. You know, time is in his hands. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the alpha. He is the omega. And we can trust his timing. Early on in our ministry, an old gentleman from the south, Louisiana, He noticed that Happy and I, you know, we were eager beavers, like, oh, we wanted to do this and go there and start that. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, hurry rush is of the devil. Huh? Yeah. But wait, we don't want to miss God. Hurry rush is of the devil. Trust and wait is of the Lord. Oh, it's so anti-American, isn't it? (laughs) You know? But I'm telling you, that lesson has saved us over and over, whether it's a decision we're making personally, just in our own family, our own life, or for the church. Hurry rush is of the devil. Hmm. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about (laughs) wait. If you ever do just a little study, how often the word wait, and we don't want to waste it. We want to embrace it. And this is the most important lesson I've learned that I'll tease out here in a few minutes. You can, I can, we can wait for the Lord or we can wait with the Lord. And there's a very significant difference that I'll I'll, uh, explain in just a moment. But as I look back one more time at the Christmas story and we see that it actually was God's perfect time, there's an amazing Christmas text that we often don't read at Christmas that addresses the issue of God's perfect time and it's in Galatians 4. And Paul wrote this and he said in Galatians 4.4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive adoption as sons you see when god sent forth his son it was the fullness of time it was the perfect time like i am be like are you kidding me god again not just the fact that mary had to endure a very tumultuous delivery But that time in history, that place in the world, I mean, there was no internet, there's no media, there's no phones. So God says, in the fullness of time, he sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why? Because the purposes are so much larger than we can imagine. It was to redeem those of us who are under the law that we might receive our adoption as sons and daughters. (laughs) Wow. That's the fullness of time. It was his perfect timing. You know, again, God's timing is rarely ours. The scripture makes that clear. There's one more text uh, I want to pick up on, and that's in 2 Peter. It's it's actually a scripture I don't like at all, but I'll share it with you anyway. Um, And that's 2 Peter 3, but it talks about God's timing. Peter writes, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Hmm. I don't find that real comforting, actually. (laughs) But if you read the whole context of that, what I love is it goes on to say, oh, oh, but God, he is not slow. To fulfill his promise as some count slowness. He's patient. He's patient towards you. He's not wishing that any of you fail to receive all that he's bought for you. Fail to repent and and and, and, and likewise perish. He says, No. I'm patient towards you. I'm waiting for you. Wow, God's timing is right. And the scripture, all through the scripture, shows us again, it's rarely our timing, (laughs) right? I mean, you just take the whole promise of a redeemer. It was first uttered in Genesis. And how many years, depending on how you look at the Bible, it could be 6,000 years, it could be 10,000 years before that promise actually happened, right? When God sent forth his son. And then we have Abraham. He was promised a son, 25-year wait. David, anointed king, 15-year wait. Children of Israel in Egypt, 400-year wait. I'm like, okay, this is kind of depressing, Di. I know. But you know, when Jesus began his ministry, this is what I love. The first words out of his mouth, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand, and that's the time we live in. An amazing time where we live as sons and daughters of the almighty God. Just think we live in a time that people longed to be part of. God's perfect timing. We can trust it. His purposes, you know, I forget this over and over. They're so much bigger than ours. They're good, okay, and we can trust that. We can get so focused, can't we? Just like tunnel vision on our problem, our issue, our life, and he's like, oh, it's so much bigger. My purpose is, trust me. You can trust my timing, it's perfect timing. But so often, I have wasted the weight in waiting for him. And one way I know, I don't know about you, but if you're waiting for you know, a prayer to be answered or a circumstance to change, do you find that you actually get exhausted? <laughs> Definitely exasperated. But I would even say like restless, like you have no rest. It's just like, <sighs> which is kind of ironic because you're just waiting, right? You're just waiting. Well, he doesn't want us to be in that state of anxiety, You know, whether we're waiting, you know, again, for corona to end or waiting, you know, for a prayer to be answered. A very familiar text that sometimes we sing in a song is from the prophet Isaiah chapter 40. And we have an important truth here I want to zero in on. This is how Isaiah describes waiting. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Oh, they're not exasperated. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wow. <laughs> I want that experience in the waiting. This fall I was at Star Rock State Park, which is a fabulous state park. But I had the opportunity to witness a bald eagle soaring across the Illinois River. And I actually thought of this text like, wow. Those who wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. They mount up like eagles. (laughs) Lord, I want that. Well, this is what this text teaches us. There is a very significant difference between waiting for the Lord and waiting with the Lord. See, when I wait for the Lord, I'm trying to get him to do something. I'm trying to figure out what prayer to pray. I'm trying to figure out what demon to cast out. You know, I'm trying to figure out like, come on, what can I do to like make God move? Ridiculous, I know. But that's kind of the state we get in, is we wait for him. We, we're, we're restless and we're anxious. We're waiting for him, we're not waiting with him. I feel pressure. I feel pressure to fix, I, I feel responsible. Well, I can't just wait, right? I, I, I'm waiting for God to move. I better, I better do something in the meantime. Okay, what's cool is in this text, this is in the Older Testament, so this is a Hebrew word, wait. And as I did some looking into this, I was so delighted to discover there's actually a very interesting meaning to the word wait. The word wait here means to be bound together, braided together like a rope. My little granddaughters often make those friendship bracelets. They're all twisted together. Well, that's the picture. You and I are waiting with the Lord. We are bound together. He's not out there somewhere, and we're not trying to get him to fix the problem or or move on our behalf. No, we're not waiting for him. We're waiting with him. We're waiting with him. We're bound with him. And under the new covenant, that obviously would be expressed as the truth that now we don't just wait with him. He waits within us. As the gift of the spirit has come to those who are redeemed as sons and daughters, we now wait with him. You know, it's a significant difference, more than the preposition lets on, okay? Because when I wait with him, I can hear him. He, he's guess what he's actually imparting patience it's a fruit of the spirit i can't work it up but the holy spirit in me oh thank you lord thank you for working that fruit in my life thank you for your wisdom and often in the wait, you know he does tell us something but we're not alone have any of you ever been in a waiting room alone i have I had skin cancer surgery, and they do this process where they dig, and then you have to wait, and they examine it, and if they find more cancer, they dig again. But you wait alone. Waiting alone is terrible. We don't have to wait alone. We don't have to wait for. We wait with him. We're bound together with him as a braid, as a rope. We're one. We wait with him makes a big difference. When we wait with him, I find I am invigorated. I can run and not be weary. I'm not saying I get what I want when I want it. I'm just saying when I wait with him, I can mount up with wings as eagle. I first learned this lesson over 40 years ago, long before I actually understood the meaning of that word, wait. But the Lord graciously taught me how to wait with him. Many of you know, Happy and I were waiting uh, to receive a miracle pregnancy when we were told that was an impossibility. We'd been through three and a half years of tests and and procedures and and all kinds of disappointment and seven years of a childless marriage, and we were waiting, waiting, and it was difficult. And yet, the Lord intervened and did what? What? Well, he baptized both of us in the Holy Spirit and that ended up making all the difference and teaching us not to wait for God to do something but to wait with him what do I mean you see the Lord highlighted his word that says this is the confidence we have if we ask anything according to his will and we knew a child and healing were his will he hears us, and if we know He hears us, then we actually have what we have asked for. So, I learned, well, I just, I'm going to just wait with God. I already have it. He, he's given it to us. I'm not waiting for Him to do something, to break through. I'm just, No, we have, we have this. I thank you for that, Lord. No, I don't have it in my body yet, but I'm waiting with you for your perfect timing. Now, did that happen in a week? No, a month? No, 15 months. But during that 15 months, I learned to wait with God. And how do you do that? You learn to thank Him and praise Him. You learn the power of prayer. You learn how much He loves you and longs to be intimate with you. You allow Him to work patience in your life. You learn to give away in prayer for others who want the same miracle, as hard as that is, and watch them get healed, and yet you're still waiting with God. But I want you to know in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son to us. (laughs) And what I learned was, oh my goodness, God your purposes were so much bigger so much greater than anything that happier i could have ever imagined you wanted to plant a church you wanted to start the vineyard church of central illinois you wanted us to leave our careers of finance and education and plant this church and it was the perfect time (laughs) oh god's timing is so right it's so perfect and I learned so powerfully back then how to wait with him and yet you know I have to learn that lesson over and over and over again why because we're in relationship with him it's not some formula (laughs) it's new every day I get to wait with him depending on whatever it is I am waiting for Thankfully, we did not waste that wait. And that's where I want to encourage each of us today. I don't know what you're waiting on. There are some serious things I know. Many of you have promises you've had for a long time. I want to encourage all of us to wait with God. You know, we live in an amazing time. I know i have forgotten particularly over the last nine months sometimes i've acted more like a servant and a slave than a son or daughter you know that text in galatians where he said in the fullness of time he sent forth his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons and then what did he do he said he didn't stop there this is the time we live in god has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, we're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir. Through God, we have everything we need. His timing is perfect. His timing is right. And in the fullness of time, as we wait with him, I'm telling you, you can have the assurance you are a beloved daughter. You are a beloved son. Whatever you're waiting for, Wait with him. Wait with him. Let him work patience. Let him impart wisdom. Let him bring joy as you wait with him. The other morning, Happy was going over all of his promises that God had given him. Early in the morning, he was reviewing the different promises for his life, our family, the church. And, and, and he said, Di, I start feeling discouraged. I'm like, golly, God. I mean, 2020, really? (laughs) And then he looked over at the fireplace. It's already decorated for Christmas 2020. And now there's 31 stockings. And he said, the Holy Spirit fell on me. And I'm like, oh God, oh God, I will wait with you. You are the faithful God. And your timing is perfect. Well, we're going to celebrate that as we take communion today. So if you don't have the elements, and if you're online, you want to go grab some wine or juice, bread, crackers, whatever. <laughs> what what you, what you choose isn't that important. It's why we're doing and, and uh, what the Holy Spirit wants to do as we do this. So raise your hand if you need it to. Our ushers will come. Anybody who needs uh, the elements okay let's go ahead and stand and uh, everyone is welcome to take uh, communion I think communing is such a powerful activity to do in the waiting because it reminds us again that in the fullness of time God sent forth his son right The communion itself is to remind us, to help us remember we have this perfect redeemer who said the time is fulfilled. Kingdom of God is at hand. And today we get to take of the wafer and the juice, and as we take them in, we get to be reminded that this God has come to live inside of us as redeemed sons and daughters. We get to wait with him. So what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to ask us to wait in silence. Silence is hard. And I want you to think about what you are waiting on. And have you waited for that or are you waiting with God? Just bring that to your remembrance as we get ready to celebrate the incredible truth. We get to wait with him because he is in us. So let's just wait in silence. Father, it's hard to wait. I thank you that we get to wait with you, that we're bound to you, we're braided together as one. I'm thankful we don't do this alone. I'm thankful for the shed blood and the broken body of our Jesus, the son you sent forth in the fullness of time. And as we take the bread right now into our own bodies, we thank you, Jesus, for your broken body, that our sicknesses can be healed, that we can be cleansed and be filled and be your dwelling place thank you, Jesus, for your broken body. Let it remind you that he lives in you. Jesus, as we drink the juice, we, re- we remember that your shed blood has made us perfect in your sight. There's nothing we have to do there's nothing we can do to deserve it. It's all your grace and your goodness and your perfection. And we partake today and celebrate the redeeming blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. You know, in many traditions... Communion is called the Eucharist. And that simply means giving of thanks. And that's what we're going to do now as we enter into worship. Really thank our amazing God whose blood was shed, who holds time in his hand, who is greater than all. Lord, we thank you for your perfect timing and we celebrate who you are today. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.